All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Vitality Podcast, Vitality Code Podcast. I'm your host. I'm your co-host. <laughs> That's right. Don't forget me. That's right. Dr. Jason Farah, along with my always magnanimous, oh, typically wow. wonderfully bearded co-host. <laughs> it's looking Dr. pretty Jeff good today. It, it is. How's, how's the beard? Look, let, me, let me get you a shot there. Both sides. Both sides. Wait, I think I see a gray on the left side. Uh, yeah, the gray is coming in, man. Oh, no. It happens. Wow. So do I let it ride and go with, like, the full-blown Santa if it happens, or what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When's that happen? <laughs> the full-blown Santa. I, I'm going to say on behalf of my kids, yes. Uh, I have, I, we've got, we've got, they would love it, right? Yeah. We've got, we've got one older one, three little ones over here. They are going to give you a vote. Yes. Yeah. If I can keep it going and maybe for your youngest, I'll just, I'll be the, the oh cougar. Gosh, I'll come yeah. in Santa one year. That would be amazing. Yep. What do you, yeah. We're going to put some pillows underneath the t-shirt and speaking of the North pole where it's very cold. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> nice segue. That, that kind of worked out, huh? Um, Dr. Farah, Jeff, hey, mm-hmm. let's talk about everybody's on this. Everybody's on some cold water these days. Um, they surely are. And uh, and I think there's a lot of information, maybe a lot of misinformation. I don't know. You can tell me a little bit better. Uh, but there's a lot of people trying it. And um, I don't know. A lot of people, it's in the it's in the common parlance now. It and- is definitely getting its 15 minutes. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, it is, you know, I mean, every time you turn around, you're, there's a new uh, cold plunge company. There's a new video. Um, everybody's getting on the bandwagon for sure. So you think there's something there or is this just, uh, is this the next fad? Yeah. I don't know if, um, if I'm on the bandwagon, I've been doing it for a few <laughs> years now, but I don't know if that means that, that that puts me in that bandwagon or not, but I definitely think there is something there. I think it is to stay it's here. Um, I think it's becoming more popular for a reason. I think it has a lot of benefits for people. It has a lot of, you know, there, there's some hallmarks that I think make it good. You, you don't need a lot of expensive equipment. You don't need a guru to teach you how to do it. You don't need a prescription. You don't need yeah. whatever those things are. It's just you just need a hose and a bucket. You just need a shower is all you really need, right? So I think it's ease of access. Now, there are levels to it, and there are, you know, you can make it as fancy as you want. But at the core, it could be as simple as you want. It could just be a cold shower in the morning. I think I, yeah, I like how you, I like what you pointed out there because that's one of the things, you know, that low barrier of entry, mm-hmm. um, that ease of access. I think we need to get back to a lot of that in healthcare. And I think of these maintenance protocols that people can do on their own, yeah. they don't need, and putting, you know, putting the education, putting the power back in the people's hands to uh, encourage them to take control of their own health and their own well being and wellness. So, how long have you been doing it? Um, gosh, what are we in 23? So probably the last four, maybe five years. I, um, Mm. I, I got started watching some Wim Hof videos. I don't know if my algorithm just decided one day to start showing me on the YouTube, um, some of his (sighs) videos. And I just kept seeing some clips of this guy, Wim Hof, and I didn't know anything about him. Do you think it was nuts at first? Yeah. I mean, he definitely instantly intrigued. Probably both. Um, yeah. I, I like he's an outlier for sure. I mean, been doing it for 30 years probably. Um, was probably really considered crazy when he started doing it. Um, but when you dive a little into a story, when you dive a little into the videos, and I was like, man, this is just interesting. I think one of the things that really drew me to it 
was I really particularly hated the cold water. Just, I was a Florida boy through and through. If the pool wasn't 80, I wasn't getting in. You know, really? if, if the water was any bit chilly, I was not doing it. And so I'm like, what is it? It's just, how can you do that? It just doesn't make sense to me. And the thing that caught me was he had it paired with breathing. So he had some breathing. So that's the first thing I started is he had a little video, um, and I got the kids and uh, we did like a, I don't know, maybe a 10 minute breathing exercise following his YouTube video. And then we all jumped in the cold shower one by one. Uh, and that was our first exposure well, to cold punch. How did the, but so what was it about the breathing that? You yeah, I didn't of- know at the time. I, I thought that the breathing, you know, I didn't really do a deep dive. I was just showing these videos and I'm like, yeah, let's try this. I thought the breathing was to set your body up physiologically to handle the cold. And that that may have some truth to it, but it is really separate practices. They're just paired in, in Wim Hof's method, if you will. He's sort of, mm-hmm. you know, breathing and cold water exposure are not new. Let's let's put that out there. They've been around forever um, as modalities. Someone like Wim Hof has just sort of packaged them into a uh, system, if you will, or or something like that. That that kind of pairs them that you can follow. But he also again, you know. I, <clears throat> Forgive me if I have this wrong, but he also has a pretty compelling story about his journey, right? For sure. As I understand it. grief or losing his wife. Yeah, he lost his wife in tragedy um, and was, you know, I've never spoken to the man, but from what I hear and see and and have um, heard talked about, was really struggling with the obviously massive loss, had some young kids at the time, wife died suddenly um, and was looking for a way to cope. And the, yeah. the cold water exposure really provided that. So for me, I didn't know that at the time, but that really rings true. The The cold water has this interesting emotional regulation component to it. Really? Yeah, it's huge. I, I, you know, we, we can dive into the science and we can dive into the catecholamines and we can dive into blood pressure response and shivering and centrally mediated hypothalamic, blah, blah, blah. And that's all good and that's all interesting. But what I really see that keeps people coming back is this thing that you can't put into words is this emotional regulation and this draw that people have to cold water exposure. Regulation. And so is there a difference between the response and the regulation or, I mean, is there, are they two separate? Are they kind of a part of a continuum or what do you mean by regulation? There is something, something or it's a- yeah, there is something that happens. Um, you just feel good after uh, a, an intense cold water session. Well, I, I explain it to people this way. I've seen this with a lot of people. Like I have, um, I've seen a lot of people, you know, maybe outside of a Wim Hof instructor, I feel like I've seen a lot of people's <clears> first <throat> cold exposure and I get to see their journey over years, right? They're doing that at our center. And so I see how they change and I get a bird's eye view, but everybody's first initial exposure is just really, really anxiety driving. They're nervous. They don't know what to expect. They get in there or they're, um, unprepared and they have sort of bravado to them but once they hit (laughs) once they hit 40 degree water it pretty much has a universal response of a a little bit of panic and so when you learn to control that panic and the the first thing i tell everybody is we got to get you regulated in the water you've got 10 breaths to get yourself regulated stop the panic stop the hyperventilation 
start to become in control, you you settle into the cold water and you learn to regulate your emotions and you learn to regulate your response to an adverse stimuli. And then you get really, really good at that. And so I think that there's a crossover when life hits you with a tragedy, when life hits you with a stressful situation at work, you are now adapted to handling those types of situations. So when you get anxiety outside of the cold, when you get anxiety in real life, you have now practiced how to control your anxiety through physical measures over and over and over again, and you get good at it. And that seems to really have a profound effect on people. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's kind of like the saying, it's not what happens to you, it's how you respond to it, or mm-hmm. it's not if you fail, it's how you respond to it, and, and those things are true. Does that happen naturally, or or, 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 or do you, no. are you, I mean, like, like, if I get in the cold water, just by virtue, is there a component that's going to happen naturally, because you have to literally adapt to overcome it, or, and or is there a part that you have to kind of um, practice or be conscious about as you're doing it? I think both. I think, you know, there's a lot of parallels to maybe exercise or other situations in life. But if you go into the cold and you keep going back to it and nobody's told you what to do, nobody's told you how to maybe speed up the adaptation process. No one's Mm. giving you hints or tips. You're just doing this on your own. And you keep going back, you'll inherently get better through trial and error, just much like life, right? But if somebody gives you a few tips and a few tricks and a few concepts to understand, then your process is much quicker. So I think Mm. you naturally have a a way to come back to it, but also if somebody can help you a little bit along the way, it makes it easier. Yeah. But you get a natural high from it. It's almost universal. It's a weird – Weird thing it is that weird. So, just for uh, the audience and uh, producer Nick over there, I remember my brother's been into it for a while, and we would talk about it. I always thought it was interesting. I too would see the Wim Hof or Wim Hof, excuse me, YouTube videos, digital social media content, and so forth was very intrigued. But but I just <clears throat> you know would make excuses. I always wanted to do it like, <laughs> like, anything, like anything in life. And um, I remember it was the was it last winter. It was last winter, winter. It was. It was. Yeah, it was early this year, though. But it was winter time, I believe. Yeah, January, February, two thousand twenty-three, something like you know, early yeah. this year. And I think Jeff was like, "Okay, enough talking. You got to go out there and do it." And I was like, "Right now?" Like, yeah. Like we were texting, like we always do, at like four or five in the morning. Four or five in the morning. Up. Yeah. We're the only two up. We're commiserating. Maybe, maybe that's what we're doing. Commiserating that we both have to be up. But, and he's like, "Go out there in your pool right now and do it." I said, "What?" right now and uh so yeah that was i said all right i'll do it Get, woke my wife up i said i'll take a video I'll show you, you woke i didn't know you woke yeah, morgan yeah. up well, she, yeah, she, she gets up early it's all right um you know that was interesting um and it was brutal oh gosh it was brutal yeah and, nothing um, prepares you for it no no not at all but i but the funniest thing was you know um i don't know Maybe it was three hours later and I was still talking about it. I was still on this high. I was trucking along. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know Huberman talks a lot about this, right? That there's this dopamine response. And, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. Not yeah. only in the catecholamine adrenal response, I, I was I was sky high. And it lasted for hours. And I mm-hmm. was like, I've never experienced, well, 
it was it was recognizable. Like it's like oh, I I kind of miss that feeling. It's kind of like an exercise high or a, mm-hmm. uh, some like type a rudder's of high or runner. Yeah, but but it to me it was it was unique. I, it, it was it was the same but different. <clears throat> it was yeah. shades of it was shades of that shades of other things and um and it lasted hours and I was mm-hmm. just I felt like all day I'm running circles around everybody and then you know three hours four hours into it, it hit me because nothing had changed and I was like oh my gosh is this the water. And so I, I can relate to what you're saying there. Yeah, it's a weird, like, I think one of the most common universal responses is the first time you get in, you're like, holy shit, this was horrible. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You get out, and then you're just like, I'm going to try that again tomorrow. Let, yeah. me just, let me just try that again tomorrow. You know, so everyone has this pretty similar. There's some people who seem to be really well adapted, and there's some people that are maybe tougher, you know, tougher for them experientially initially but pretty common responses it's it's really shocking to everybody but you get this massive dopamine response that is a nice slow steady curve it's not a spike and a crash that's represented by you know they they use comparisons to like illicit drugs or other things and those tend to be a massive spike and crash whereas the the dopamine response from cold water exposure tends to be a, a different slope a different curve much longer lasting yeah much steadier and, and slower decline yeah i didn't feel i didn't feel manic or i didn't feel mm-hmm. high so to speak but it, but it did last a long time you just kind of feel good yeah what so <clears throat> interestingly do you do you find that when you do it those around you are more intrigued by it because I found that with my son, Jet, he wanted to try it and he mm-hmm. did. And I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah. C- kids seem to be naturally drawn to it. You know, I think they're, yeah, why, that, that, that totally shocks me. I don't yeah. understand that. It's just fun to them. Right. And they yeah. see you doing it and they're, you know, doing what dad did. So there's that component, but they, I think that they tolerate the cold much better. You know, kids, if you have kids, they're always in the pool earlier than the year than the adults. And so they're less yeah. bothered by that. Um, I don't know what what's technically behind that, but that's a pretty universal experience. But yes, I think there is this. Well, younger folks will have more brown fat. I don't, you know, I wonder if there's. I don't know. That's but how do they possibly? It's not like they consciously know that. And then right. The other thing too, which is strange, is that one thing that you know, doing pediatric surgery and thinking about rewarm and trauma patients, especially too, is they and all kids will lose heat very fast because they have a high body surface area to volume ratio. Mm-hmm. So you've got us, it's basically a, a flat pancake. Think of, you know, like a lot, mm. you can hold a lot. Of, it, it, it's got a huge surface area, but very little volume. Gotcha, and so yeah. they'll get, they'll lose heat rapidly, but still it's despite doesn't bother, those them. Physi- yeah. doesn't bother them. It's unreal. So yeah. that's, it says something about that. I think there's something to being a child that, and you know, this is beyond the scope of this, but you know, the way they approach things sometimes is really mm-hmm. unique and we could do well to remember that. And they, they, like you said, they approach it fun. So they, they are, they're un, they're comfortable with this uncomfortable, the thought of being uncomfortable because of the fun overrides that it's strange right. or, or the benefit maybe overrides it to them. And so mm-hmm. do you, fi- do you find that that has happened to you where you become more 100%. comfortable with them? Yeah. A hundred percent. I think, you know, it's really interesting to me to dive into the science, but I've actually started to pull back from looking at any of the science and any of the protocols around cold water, because I feel like it's making it not what it is for me, what I want it to be. Like for me, the benefit is in the ability to practice being comfortable and the uncomfortable, being able to practice that in a real world situation. Like every time you approach the ice, 
without fail, I don't want to do it. I, right. I don't like that 30 oh, seconds really? before even this, this many years out every time it's never easy ever. Wow. It's always cold. Um, some days are good, quote unquote. Some days I tolerate it well. Some days it's terrible. I got to get out in a minute. Some days do you I get a little anxiety before you do it every, every time? time, every time. Wow. But it gives me a chance every time to practice regulating myself. And there is such a huge emotional benefit from doing it that that's really the reason I go back. I don't care about my brown fat. I don't care about my insulin sensitivity. I honestly don't care about the glucose uptake. It's it's not why I do it. Those are all interesting, cool scientific facts. But what brings people back is the emotional regulation, the ability to control anxiety and those benefits that you get from cold water exposure. There's also this weird community that happens around cold water. I Mm. think because it's a hard activity, like it's not uncommon for like three or four people at our gym to be all cold plunging together. Right. And then you sit and watch the other buddy do it. Then you do it. And then you, you, you laugh and you joke and you cheer each other on. And then lo and behold, four minutes has gone by. You're like, Oh, that was so much easier with, you know, talking to somebody or somebody, you know, helping you along, so to speak, it just goes. So there's a strong community aspect to it. And I think those are the things that I really most love about cold water. That is really interesting. This community aspect, because I felt like, with my son Jet, I was bonding with him, and we were mm-hmm. both the ones seeking it out, and we'll do it. And he, and he still to this day he talks about Uncle Jeff and doing that. And come oh, really? on, Dad. He, he, no, seriously, it's really crazy. It, but you know, it's amazing to me as we, as you and I are going down this health journey, and the things that have happened in the last few years, and for me, the COVID crisis or pandemic, whatever you want to call it, has put into stark relief something about our society's level of health, the way we approach health mm-hmm. and well-being and disease for that matter. And when you talk about this community, we there's more and more. It's probably, no, not probably. It's been for a long time that we've known that community is important. But if you look at those, is it Blue Zones, the book about the mm-hmm. folks that in different yeah. areas that live longer? And, and community is, is almost universally, if not universally, one of the key fundamental things leading to improved health and longevity as you age. Right. And if you think about that, there a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times they are in areas with extreme climates um, and it could be hot too, but you have to adapt. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Wim Hof is Dutch, I believe. And you're thinking about, so I start to think about Nordic countries and I wonder if there is some unconscious, even, you know, or subconscious bonding over the adaptation culturally among a group of people that bonds them together as a unique community that's overcoming the harsh realities and we lose that as our life gets easier like a lot of things yep and then we also lose that chance to be comfortable with the uncomfortable because everything is about ease and everything is about comfort Mm -hmm. so much so it's become detrimental do you think that's wacky or do you think that there might be something to that no i think there's definitely something to that It's, it's weird that we have gotten to a point in society where we have to purposely expose ourselves willfully expose ourselves to hard (laughs) Right. You know, you're not on a farm working 10 hours a day yeah, with a whole to, family. But you that do. You have to depends. purposely do it. Yeah. But now you have to purposely. I mean, I'm in an air conditioned office. I'm in an air conditioned house. I yeah. sleep at 68 degrees. You know, I can make whatever yeah. I want. I could, I can go out to eat. I don't have to cook. So right. I have purposely found ways through exercise, through cold exposure, heat exposure to purposefully and willfully expose myself to, you know, unfriendly environments and they have a profound effect on my health and my well-being do you, do you here's something interesting and, I, and again we're, we're not going to get deep in the science in this particular question but 
the whatever it is, and I guess this is a little bit of a loaded question, so try to answer as objectively as you can. But it, well, I mean, you know, just just to be us, we have to be, you know, we want to be scientists about it too. But if, as objectively as you can, if you think about your pre cold water life and your post cold water life, would you say you have less? URIs less uh, so physically less ill maybe just just small things um, less aches and pains maybe um, <clears throat> how about also then the other part of this question would be any kind of something that was would be like anxiety it would get you down or panic attacks I, I don't think that you particularly um, suffer from those but anything like that in that realm or anything that was a detrimental emotion does that seem to have changed in your post cold water exposure life a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that really sealed the deal for me in, in, but I think for me, the cold water came with breathing. So it's hard for me to parse the difference out between which one of those mm. is the major effect. There is definitely the, the Jeff prior to breath work and cold exposure. Mm. And there's definitely the Jeff after oh, I was really? going through some pretty, um, difficult emotional times and uh stress anxiety driving times I was waking up actually having panic attacks at night um, <laughs> i just yeah like i'm sorry i didn't even realize so that. but just from overworking myself and not knowing how to regulate this and 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 it provided a great outlet during that and i have really seen that in a lot of people so yeah it makes a hundred percent you know, a, a difference in my life is probably something that I would not give up regardless of what the science says. Right. So those are the things I think that, like you said, COVID brought about this change. And I think one of those changes was people really became interested in the science of things and they yeah, started reading white papers and the science, follow the science, yeah. you know, but, but sometimes we forget that like just an objective view of your, you and your experience in world is a scientific experiment. And, and yeah, yes. I, I, yes. It definitely improves my life, and and I see it improve a lot of people's life, and so and it's like you said, low barrier to entry, which is for me the biggest. I don't need some algorithm. I don't need some Horvath clock to tell me if my Q certain supplementation is taking years off my life because I'm following some buddy's supplementation regulation. It's just a cold shower, just tap water, and it wakes you up and you feel great. That's as right. simple as it is. Your body's um, telling you. Your body's giving you all the science. Yeah, it's a scientific fe that scientific feedback that you need. What? So, how do you define it? What, I mean, what, I mean can I get kind of right? What is cold water? Yeah. What is, I mean, <laughs> is it zero degrees? So, what is we doing? Yeah, the science, if you will, the research, the white papers, um, is all across the board. I think technically the most common, and and really, I I caution people about the science. You'll see people say, "Oh, you have to do it this way," and they're citing one paper. Right. Some right. one person wrote one paper that Very they don't know anything yeah. about. Right. There's not that much quote unquote research, but the generally accepted term that I use is under 60 degrees. Okay. It's cold water. Now I've seen research papers that did cold water exposure and they started at 68 degrees, 60, and then right below in the high fifties. And that was their research article. And it was on cold water. But I think as we're coming more and more popular, as long as, cold water is under 60 degrees so you're and and you're and do are you are should they say under 60 degrees and there should be should there some be should there be some response like an urge to get i mean are you not mm, yeah not gonna i like that them, oh are you shivering are you are, yeah or that's a good one just, i think there should be right because that's right. different i started cold plunging it was at 55 which oh, wow. you know you look at 
some people, you know, there is some like, oh, I want to do cold or I want to do how cold you can get, you know, and commonly we're doing thirties yeah. and forties now, but mm. like, so I've adapted, but 55 was where I started. It was brutal for me. Literally. It was just, and some people get in the fifties and they're like, eh, no big deal. So I were do like shivering? that. I had were you shivering that. the first time you did it? You think? For sure. Yeah. I okay. have a video. I have to go back and look at it, but it was like, oh, I had really? to work myself up. It was, I thought it was awful. It was just, I had to like grip the sides and, um, <clears throat> but Wow. I, I think that that probably is, I, I never thought of it that way, but I think cold is defined by the person getting in and their level yeah. of uncomfortableness. It should be an urge to get out, an urge that right. it's cold, an urge that you want to say your body is telling you that this is not good, this is too cold, you should get out. Yeah. I so, think that's you know, a good... We know that when, um, in, in the, we look at that in the critical care world a lot of time, you know, poikilothermia and the, and the response is that, you know, shivering, the, the way your hair... Uh, Stands on end and those things. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so I know that, so then I've got to get it 60 or under. Um, and then, you know, um, if I'm going to start doing this and we've kind of touched on this already, but what are the specific benefits that you find are important to the patients that you treat? And then is that why you have your patients do it or do you have it or, or there, you know, is there a multi-pronged reason why you have them do it? Or is I think it's multi-pronged. The... I I try to speak the language that I think the person needs to hear. So some people want to know the research, and some people don't necessarily want to lean into that. Um, a lot of my patients so you who tailor have, it. yeah, insulin dysregulation, who are teetering on that metabolic profile towards diabetes, will speak to the the ability of the body to utilize glucose better, to reduce insulin sensitivity. Um, or increase insulin sensitivity and have a better metabolic profile, an increase in brown fat that comes from cold water exposure, will mm -hmm. speak to those. Um, then if we are on the side of anxiety and patients who are maybe struggling with some of that aspect of emotional health and dysregulation, I'll speak to that side of it and the dopamine that comes from it. So those are the big things that those are the two camps that I sort of put things into. Mm -hmm. is you see a reduction in blood pressure, you see a reduction in heart rate, you see a reduction in sort of diabetic type profiles that come from repeated cold water exposure. And then you see a improvement in emotional regularity uh, uh, regulation that comes from repeated cold water exposure. So those are the two big camps that I sort of put it into. And, and do you, you, is there, do people in your experience seek it out out of curiosity, one, number two, trying to change some kind of hard objective physiologic parameter or three, emotional response or just. Other. Yeah, I think all of those, we get some people who just like heard it on the Huberman podcast, saw Joe Rogan cold plunging and, or, you know, the algorithm's mm -hmm. all full. And so they want to come try our cold plunge and they just do it on their own and they like the cold water exposure doing hard things is is fun you know you you, you might fall into that camp of the podcasting camp of david goggins and joe rogan's and all that kind of thing and trying hard things and so we get some people who are wim hof practitioners and so they want a place that has cold water ready it, you know has an atmosphere that's uh, uh, facilitates that sort of thing and then my most of my patients, it's probably not something they are seeking out. It's something that I'm recommending that they do. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, that, this David Goggins thing. I was listening to a excerpt. You know, there's obviously plenty of digital content available, but 
<clears throat> about how you get to know yourself when you're in the trenches mm-hmm. in anything you do in life and you get real comfortable you have to get real comfortable with yourself you have to face yourself your inner demon so to speak it's that intangible part of medicine the somatic therapy and those things that are of that ilk that i've long known as a surgeon dealing with hardcore objective allopathic medicine critical care people on ventilators people after gunshot wounds or multi-system trauma after car accidents and you and there are i can know all the things in the you know i'm double board certified i can know all the things in the textbooks and have all the training but there are some things that you just you 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 know that are real and you can't really describe it in traditional medical allopathic terms Mm -hmm. yeah and that rang true to me and do you see that people find out something about themselves yes when they start and like and so interestingly I want you to talk on that, but you know, if somebody comes in with bravado, they might find out they're not as tough as they mm-hmm. were. And then somebody, on the other hand, who mm-hmm. maybe didn't approach that way, found out they were tougher than they thought. Yeah, is, is, am I just making that up, or is that do you see that? Yeah, no, I think personally, I can speak to this. Like every time I'm in the ice, I want to get out at some point before I have maybe set a time limit or something. Your body's like, this is dumb. Get out. You're, this is, you know, anxiety starts to pick up. It, mm-hmm. it's, you learn to calm that voice and you learn to be okay. Realize that you're safe. You're secure. Finding that within yourself. And that's a practice session that you can relate and use it in the rest of your life. Right. And so in stressful situations to learn to calm yourself down. Um, it is common. I hear this a lot is the, the bravado side of things like, oh yeah, I did ice baths in high school. Yeah. Oh, we did that in college with the cold <sighs> water. Right. You may have put a foot in there. You may have put a knee in the cold water. You may have right. ice, but a joint, I'm yeah. telling you when you fully submerge up to your neck in 40 degree water, it is eye opening. Literally. Um, yeah. yeah. It is shocking. <laughs> yeah. And then I've seen people who you would maybe describe as meek or not tough or don't have that bravado and they just have an inner strength that they maybe didn't realize and they are able to control and it exposes to them something that was already there and they get in this cold water and they're just champs you know they're just like they've practiced this maybe silently throughout their life and they just calm themselves down they sit in there and they make it three four minutes on their first plunge and you're like Wow, that was pretty impressive. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's the first person I've seen this month be able to, you know, their first time doing this without wow. screaming. And, you know, and that's I'm like, cool. you might look at me now, like our last big plunge, we had one of our guys leave in town. He got a job in Boston and we did a big long plunge and we did 16 minutes in the cold water. And wow. so they're like, oh, well, you did this long time. And I'm like, wow. yeah, my first plunge was like 40 seconds at 55 degrees and I was screaming and cussing the whole time. And, couldn't wait to get out, you know? So like, yeah, you did awesome. You just did two minutes your very first time at 40 degrees. You're a champ. Amazing, yeah. It kind of builds that confidence in that, that style of person. That's neat too, to be able to relate to your patients on that way and encourage them mm-hmm. and show them some things about themselves that they may, may not have otherwise known. And I, I, I think that's an important thing. I think in medicine that we overlook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife, Stacy, she uses the cold plunge frequently in her somatic work and, when patients come in and she has this certain subset of patients who are um, always on, always going, solving problems, kicking ass in life, mm. doing, 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 doing. Mm-hmm. So when they come into a session, they, they have a hard time blocking all that out. 
you put them in cold water and suddenly <laughs> the world just goes right to the here and now. Yeah. Right. It doesn't yes. matter what happened in the boardroom. Yes. It doesn't matter what happened outside. Talk about living matter. in the moment. That's Boom. a really, it's, it yes. really centers them. And I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Stacey. that's a, it's a pretty interesting practical use to the cold water, right? We're not, she doesn't care about what it does for their brown fat. She's not worried about maybe their dopamine. She's like, I'm just using it to center that person to the here and now. Now wow. let's begin the session. You're and here what and a, present. And what a day and age to do that because it, I mean, I, golly, our phones, our TVs, mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, yeah. Listen, listen to podcasts in the car. <laughs> right. <laughs> Keep listening. We don't want you to start listening. But I mean, taking the time to exclude and build a hedge around your brain and excludes all the mm-hmm. excess noise and be in touch mm-hmm. with yourself and live in the present because that's so important. Wow, what an opportunity to do that. Yeah. It's ticking so many boxes. I, I'm actually, and you could do more... it quick and low barrier to entry, right? You just need two minutes, three minutes yeah. of time. That's it. That's you know? amazing. So if, you know, I, I think about like how much should you do? This is a common question that I get. And the, and the answer is just do it. I always just tell people, just get in. Um, start at a minute is a great time. The the data, I say that with air quotes, um, the little bit of research that is out there says uh, up to like 11 minutes a week spread out over two to three sessions seems okay. to be an optimal for the physical responses. How many minutes think- at a time? Two to three minutes at a time okay. for a cumulative effect of around 11 minutes okay, seems to be, okay. which is not much over the course of a week. Um, you know, you're looking at two to three minute sessions each time, but that's just for one parameter that this one study looked at, that this one researcher was looking at. It doesn't address any of the other multitude of benefits. So I just tell people, just, just do it. We, I have a rule. If you're, if you're with me on your first plunge, we're doing a minute. Okay. That's that you don't get out until a minute's over. And I do that just to start to set the mindset and set the framework that there's a goal that needs to be attained. You can do it. I'm here with you. I'll give you a few tips and a few tricks. And then you're going to set that intention. You're going to get the cold water and you're not coming out before a minute. Now, and I don't just, hold people you, down, but you know, people, yeah. you set a timer and you're like, you can do this. Trust me. And you just arm them with that information and, and, 99.9% of people do longer than a minute their first time. And I've got to ask you a question. Um, I've got to ask you this. It's been, <laughs> it's been so intriguing to me. No, it's really, I, you know, you're my brother, but I, but I, so, you know, I, I'm naturally going to be drawn to what you do, but I, but, but just to give you a compliment, I mean, I, I, I hope that it's a compliment. I mean, we'll see. But when I look at these videos that you have online of you doing the, the ice therapy with folks, I noticed that you, you bend down. Mm-hmm. You usually will grab on either side of the, the, the ice bath container with them and you get right down to the level where they are at and right next to them. And it looks to me, I, I don't know what's being said, but it looks to me like you're talking to them in a calm, slow, reassuring voice, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's happening because I can't hear the video, but I look at their response. I see how they, they respond and they change a little bit after that. And to me, it looks like you're getting in touch with your patients. And I got to tell you, I'm really impressed with that. I'm really moved by that. That's a... And you know, it. Another here's another thing. All my training, it was you can't get in touch with your patients. You got to right. be distant from them so that you can treat them. And if you get too emotionally involved, you won't be able to treat them. And, and I think there is something to that, uh, to a degree. But but if you take that to an extreme, I think that's bad too. And so you m- miss an opportunity to connect with somebody on a deeper level like that, and take them. And you're going to go through this journey with you. And we're gonna we're gonna do this together. I'm gonna help you. You've got to do it. But I'll be here to guide you and help you. What are you doing during those sessions? Am I am I right in seeing that, or what are yeah, you? Yeah, I kind of have said? 
developed a little loose protocol for people's <laughs> first cold plunge or people who are nervous or want to try it or whatever it is. But we sometimes do a quick 10 minute breath work, sometimes not. If not, what I generally tell people is we just talk about a few of the concepts like this water is going to be shocking. You can't prepare for it, but understand that. So when it happens, you're not surprised by it. Okay. Um, you, you just be ready for that. Um, we set the intention that it's going to be a one-minute plunge no matter what. You're going to do one minute. Tell yourself that. Tell yourself that several times. Um, I always tell people whatever we're going to do in terms of submersion level, like if you want to just stand in it, we're going to we're gonna stand in it. If you're going to go down to your neck, we're going to go right down to your neck. So we don't put one foot in, one foot in. Oh, okay. Like, so we set that intention. We talk about it. Okay, you're going to go up to your neck. Okay, so you're going to you're going to step in. You're going to go right to your neck. No pausing. Let them do whatever they want to do, but whatever they commit to, they have to go right to that. Right. We we right. we talk about it, and if they're like if they're super scared, they've never done this, or there's some reason. Okay, we say all right, we're just going to stand in the water, or like no, I want to try this. Whatever reasons, we're going to go up to your neck. Okay, and we kind of pick that out, and then we go immediately to that. The next thing we do is we take five big deep breaths. We take big inhales, big exhales. Is this before you get in the water? Before you get in the water. Okay. On your fifth inhale, big inhale, you push it all out and you hold your breath as you step in and submerge to the point that you decided, right? Because what the water does is the water immediately makes you hyperventilate. Right. So what I have found is that if you are getting in on an exhale, physiologically, you're holding your breath, you need to inhale, the water triggers that no matter what. So you're sort of working with that. So you take uh, this big inhale and immediately first breath, it starts to regulate you versus if you're just like, Hey, yeah. getting in, talking, talking, I get in, I'm like, <gasps> and then you start yeah, hyperventilating. Yeah. But if you get in on an exhale, you've held your breath for five, 10 seconds and you step in, you physiologically need to breathe in. And you need to breathe in big and then boom, our goal is to regulate your breathing into a slow, deep, rhythmic fashion in 10, in 10 breaths. That's okay. my protocol for something. Within first, 10 breaths. Within 10 breaths, right? Okay. So it's going to be a little, a little – and then they start to slowly take big inhales, big yeah. exhales because the breath work can control your panic uh, – perception, right? It's still mm. just as cold. It's still just as jarring. But if you utilize your breath to calm your physiological system down, your mental system will follow suit. But if you let that breath get out of control, that starts to induce the panic, that starts to induce the mental panic, that starts to induce all these physiological and emotional responses that tend to lead people to freak out and, and jump out. So do people say and or do you know or you yourself can you replicate that even when you're out? if you reach another panic state or anxiety sometime elsewhere in your life that day or another day or what have you can you call upon that breathing yeah i don't know that i've gone that far with people but i think what i tell people is you practicing this and learning to get good at controlling and regulating yourself in very uncomfortable panic inducing situations will cross over to your life and to other areas that are mm -hmm. you know, talking to your boss and you're nervous, um, talking to your kid and you're having an argument and you get worked up. You, you, mm -hmm. just, you just instinctively get good at calming yourself down yeah. um, subconsciously almost, not necessarily consciously. Have you had anybody have a strange emotional response during or, mm -hmm. or after? 
crying or yeah there's right? tears sometimes really like, tears of relief that's not as a common as common as you see it during breathing breath work is the one that really induces an emotional significant significant emotional response that people are very work. unprepared for yeah really significantly i know this podcast is not about that per se but can you just real quick delve into that? What, I mean, is that before yeah. the breath work they did before or is that they're just doing breath work on their own outside of the cold therapy? Well, we do. So in some of the classes I lead, we generally will combine breath work, cold and hot. Those are the three okay. big that I combine in my classes, so to speak. Um, and sometimes we do breath work sessions outside of a, a class or outside of a cold and hot, just a breath work. But a, a breathwork session has the ability to significantly uh, shut down some of our brain centers that are preventing us from feeling certain emotions. So when you calm that down and disassociate from that active control, a lot of emotions come up, significant yeah. emotions, tears, anxiety, uh, fear, uh, repressed memories. It's all. Wow. Wow. Really? Yeah. And breathwork is, a- is pretty profound. That's, I had no idea. I really, you know, um, is it, is it uh, cathartic? Is it 100%. Yeah, wow. Yeah, well, I did some holotropic breathing. I uh, went to New Hampshire. There was a gentleman, Jeffrey Warren, who was leading a class, and that's about a three to four hour intense breathwork session at one sitting. Yeah. Um, I would say I equate it to maybe like a year of therapy in that session. Mm-hmm. Wow, it really? Just, yeah. Like a weird, weird things happen, altered states of consciousness, uh, emotional release is quite common. I, I went into it really blind and not knowing what to expect. And you have to be open. And I just took the approach like whatever happens, happens. I'm here for the I'm here for the journey. And it was probably one of the more profound moments that's of my fascinating. life. All right. We're going to have to table that topic because I want to yeah, come back to that. Go that's, down that that's rabbit hole. Well, you got me excited about that. That's interesting. Okay. So your protocol is it looks like it's two to three minutes. Uh, for 11 minutes a week, yeah. you say, I don't know, it sounds like about five days a week or are you doing it every single day? No, I, I tell people like you want to get in at least three days a week. That's my, you know, the, to a certain extent, more frequent is better. I have found it seems to be more frequent, shorter sessions is better than longer, profoundly, you know, struggle sessions. I do those maybe once a quarter where we do really long sessions, 10, 12, 15 minutes. Those aren't very common. Um, the like, I feel good. I got a boost. I conquered the day. I feel really good. Those sessions are like two to three minutes, uh, in some cold water. You're in, you're out, you dry off, you get on with your day. Do you always pair it with breathing? Mm, not always, but commonly. Yeah. It depends on what you're trying to get out of it. If you're looking for, so in my workout regimen, I, my Wednesdays are my recovery days. And so we do breath work, we do cold and, and sauna. And that's like my midweek, I beat myself up at the gym, I've done some jujitsu, I'm recovering, uh, regulating my brain and my body and my physical and emotional self. And then I go on with the rest of the week. But you know, a lot of guys will just come in, it's their afternoon cup of coffee, they just pop in, hop in the cold plunge two to three minutes, boom, they're back to work. And that's their utilization. That's it just awesome. Sort of wakes them up for the rest of the day. A day. Yeah. Without needing the coffee, excuse me, without needing the coffee, all the calories potentially yeah. and crash. the crash. And the, yeah, that's yeah. really fascinating. So you have folks actually do that, huh? 
Oh, yeah, 100%. I tell people really the sweet spot seems to be under that three-minute session. You start pushing four to five, then you're really cold the rest of the day. Sometimes you get a little sleepy because your body is using all this energy to warm you back up, and it can make you a little bit tired. Absolutely. Uh, so when you're pushing five and seven and 10-minute plunges, I don't think they're necessary on a day-to-day basis. Okay. And then um, what about people that have never done it before? What are the tips that we need to – just you know, just to get started, how do we how do we start doing this? Is it kind of what we've touched touched on already, or yeah, I think you first thing is hop in a cold shower. If you don't have any access to anything, hop in a cold uh, shower. No, cold shower is yeah. pretty emotionally tough. Like for me, I think people don't realize. Like usually, we take really hot, relaxing showers, so you've taken yeah. this nice environment where you're getting your day started, and you flip true. completely. Like a hard a cold shower is pretty tough. Good way to get started, get some exposure. The way I started is I just went down to Tractor Supply, got a horse trough, watering trough. I put it on my back porch during the winter, and it just got cold Ooh. overnight. And I just hopped in there. I mean, my kids would play in there. Um, wow! And so there's a there's a lot of ways to do it. You know, we have a professional plunge. It's called the Plunge. The company. It's a actually really, it's probably the best one we've ever used. It's stood up to the commercial uh, rigors that we put it through. But, you know, mm. it's close to $10,000. Um, oh, not, wow, really? Not necessary at all. But in a commercial state, right, you need filtration, you need sanitation, you need okay, flowing water, sure. you need Multiple people coming in, yeah. Right. Um, you don't need that on your own. Um, we just got the ice barrel, which is basically, I just described to people, as like a vertical Yeti. It just holds water really cold. You can get in it. Yeah. That's 1000 bucks. Um, but really, all you need is your, your bathtub and some cold water and maybe a bag of ice and you hop in okay. it for one minute. All right. That's an easy way to get started. Um, so, uh, it, when they start, do they need to be doing Wim Hof or, or is there mm-hmm. any principles? Cause we, you know, you're going to hear that name a lot. We've already talked about it. We got you into this whole world. I mean, he's a very, he's a very engaging guy. He's very uh, charismatic mm-hmm. and, uh, com- has a lot of compelling, elements to his life story what but is is wim hof him or is wim hof a method it's and, both, and do we need right? to do it as a as yeah a or ever so i think you don't need is a strong word i think he has a lot of free educational materials if you want to get started in the breathing world there's a great one i start everybody their first session it's 11 minutes it's three rounds of breath work it's on youtube it's wim hof okay. method it's 30 breaths in followed by uh a one minute hold breath hold um and it's a great self-guide you don't need to know anything you just hit play and you do what he tells you to do that's a great way to get started in the breath work um the cold water exposure they have a lot of wim hof seminars that are a great way to get in the cold water learn about some of the stuff behind it um they're not that expensive and you do a cold water plunge at the end two minutes you have somebody there that can teach you the tips and the tricks so that's a good way to do it um, I just tell people there's something that starts to happen in the universe when you commit to something. You're like, I don't know where to start. I don't oh have a plunge. God, so I can't true. find a Wim Hof seminar. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Stop. Right. Yes, you can. Go take a cold shower. Start right. taking it every day for the next month. And right. then you'll start talking about it, right? You build How you momentum. Know <laughs> yeah, you build momentum, right? And then you'll start asking someone else, like, yeah, I'm doing it too. And then you're like, oh, well, hey, you want to split some ice? And then we'll go, to the, we'll go to the store and we'll grab a big giant Tupperware from the tractor supply. Yeah, yeah, I'll meet you at your house, right? But if you never took that first step, you don't know that part of the universe that's out there God, waiting to so meet true. you halfway. That's so Just true. take the first step. Just get in a cold shower. That's the Just, law of attraction to me. Right. That's really the law of attraction. When you when you reach out in faith and you start and you hold that in your mind, 
Yeah, you're right. It, something happens in the universe and it tilts towards you. It's very crazy. It, that, right. I don't know, vibration, frequency. I don't, I don't, but it is true. You're absolutely, that's a good point. And so just start, doesn't have to be perfect. 30 seconds be, in the cold shower. Do it every day. Do 30 for 30. 30 seconds in the cold shower, 30 days in a row, and just see what happens. Yeah. It'll, you'll, it'll, you'll, it'll you'll love it. Yeah. And then you'll well, find people that are doing it. And then you'll find centers like mine. And then you'll, you'll find all the little <clears> tips <throat> and tricks and the fun stuff. And you'll have a community and it'll be good. It doesn't sound like you need running or, or versus standing. It looks like if you're a commercial, if you're having it at a, a healthcare practice, you would want running mm -hmm. and filtration because of obvious sanitation reasons. But for the average practitioner, does it matter or does, or is there something different? No, I don't think it matters. There is something different. The running water is definitely tougher. Cold showers really? is uh, much tougher, right? If you get into a standing body of water, a tub, a stationary body, whatever it is, and you just sit really still, your body sort of heats up a little thermal layer around you, and it's much more tolerable. Running ah, water is tough. That makes really sense. There's a, there's a flow gradient, and it's yep. constantly moving the heat away from you if you're yep. running. I, 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 just so, you them. know, yeah. if you're messing with yeah. people, right, we, we sit there in the plunge, then you'll come up to somebody and you'll stir the water around, like, you know, like, <laughs> or you'll dump a little bit of ice to disrupt the water, and it makes it much colder because you get nice and comfy. Fascinating. That's true. Yeah. That's very I don't think you should push yourself initially. There's no reason to go to this, like, maximum shivering point where you're just, like, you get out of the water and you can't warm up. Those aren't necessary it's not i don't think it's physiologically better for you maybe even worse you know you don't want to push hypothermia um right you Which, just need yeah, a couple minutes you just you know like i've done some pretty brutal sessions in the cold water but i'm looking for it from a like withstanding tough things mm -hmm. um not from a physiological standpoint there probably is some negative that could come from really long cold water sessions right you don't you don't want to push into hypothermia, well, hypothermia yeah what is, what is so? What is your toughest plunge? What or what or, or, or plural? Have you had the some? the longest plunge I ever did at cold cold water forty degree water was sixteen minutes. Um, and the toughest plunge I ever did is I did a polar plunge up in Long Island at the Long Island <sighs> Polar Plunge Club. Man, it was wavy water. Oh. It was cold out. It was windy out. Is we that in the ocean then? Yeah, 10 minutes in the ocean. Oh my god! It was brutal. I what were you wearing? Just short wetsuit, but it was the water temperature was only in the fifties, like fifty one. But for some reason, it was just brutal. I don't know if the salt water it was crashing on you. I couldn't find a comfortable spot. I got out. The wind was blowing. Jeez. But it it's weird. It's like you know, it's that what I call second degree fun, right? I don't talk about the ones that were super easy, right? I I tell stories about <laughs> the one that was terrible. You know what I mean? Like so, right, I true. get to relive it. And it I, I want to go back and do it, but God, it was. But running water, ocean water, much, much, much tougher. So when you did the polar plunge, now what's the group of folks that do that regularly? They, they it's the Polar Bear Club. They have the a Polar, polar Bear, Bear Club. Club. That's yeah. right. And they so, have it's a club. You can be a you can be a member, a car carrying member, and they have a little clubhouse wow. right there in the water, and they let guests come from around the world. It was a I was a guest. It was like Thanksgiving week. We were there visiting one of my wife's friends in New York City. Um, and I met this guy there. He was just standing outside the club. You're not allowed in the club unless you're part of the member group. Um, <sighs> and he was from England and we just chatted and we you know, I got to meet this guy. He's talking about like it's pretty common over there. They just swim in their lakes and ponds and they're just cold because it's in england yeah um wow. so he was there we chatted it up and then they were nice enough to let us in and give us some hot chocolate afterwards because i was just like <laughs> brutally shivering for hours um, how long had you been plunging when you did that mm, 
maybe two years. Yeah. And was it like harder, as hard, or less hard than you thought it would be? It was a hundred times harder than I thought it would be. Because I looked at the water tip. I looked at the water tip and I was like, oh, uh, 50, so no big deal. Yeah. But I don't know. That ocean just like it was a wavy day, windy day, and they were crashing on you and you, you couldn't touch <sighs> was, your face because salt water. You know, I just couldn't uh, get comfortable. It was great to have about 25 people around me. I wouldn't have made it 10 minutes without them. You were um, there 10 minutes? 10 minutes, yeah. That, they do a countdown. Minutes? They get around in a group and they have a little thing they do and everybody. That's insane. It was pretty fun. Um, but it was cold. It was tough. Was, was that, is that also your most interesting plunge you'd say? Yeah, probably. It's the one, you know, it's easier to talk about, but some of the cold water streams up in North Carolina or, you know, that we're traveling, we were up in Northern Arizona and I hopped in a stream from an ice melt and that was, whew, that's cold. Yeah. Uh, it's really nice to be in the sun. I like plunging outside much more than I do like plunging inside. There's just something about being in nature, even if you're in a cold water commercial tub but you're outside and you have the sun shining on your face it is something it, about that isn't it that? warms you up it feels good you can make it much longer isn't that interesting there it, i mean again it's those common sense cues from your body that this is right this is good and mm-hmm. i hear i've interesting i've heard huberman talk about that a lot lately and i love that because i think you know even these you know he's a phd from stanford or wherever he's at and, yeah um i mean there's something to these common sense physiologic cues that i think we shouldn't ignore um so I, is it too much to say that that uh, cold plunge and cold ther- immersion therapy has been life changing for you? Because to me, it sounds like it's been life changing. No, I don't think it's too much to say that. It's definitely going to be a part of my life moving forward for sure. Yeah, I love it combined with the breath work. Uh, we'll talk about that sometime. It's been it's been an interesting journey for me, and I really I really love it. It's, it's here to stay for sure. I use it for athletic performance too. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, everyone wants to talk about the data on that. And, and should you or should you not cold plunge after a workout? I tell people, A, stop worrying so much. Just do it or don't do it. Um, right. But if you're truly looking for a hypertrophy workout and you want to build as much muscle as possible, you should probably shouldn't cold plunge after a workout right? because right. it limits that response. However, n- Everybody that I know and that does it, none of us are going to the Olympics and and we're not doing it for that. So I tell people, yes, maybe in the moment it reduces the inflammatory response and and sort of blunts the adaptation that comes from exercise. But what if it allows you to exercise more days in a row? Right. What if you lose 10% off one workout from cold plunging, but what if you gain four other workouts from it? How do you put – That's the corollary. You can't always – look at just this finite. We try to break things into science in this one moment, this one thing. Um, I go to jujitsu and I jump in the cold water afterwards because it, it really helps my body not get feel beat up afterwards. Um, you know, if you truly wanted to do a hypertrophy maximizing workout, just give your body three to four hours after that workout before you cold plunge. Right. Um, if you want to work out multiple times per day or multiple days per week and you're struggling with that, then cold plunge after the workout. Okay, and they'll give you a boost, a dopamine boost, and mental it, energy. It, there's nothing it's like a better. pre-workout. Almost. Yeah, it is. It's like a it's like a pre-workout. It's great before a workout for sure. It's much better than a pre-workout. But after a workout, it it does this weird thing where it washes the 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 crap of that the 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 toughness of that workout is gone instantly. Mm-hmm. Like you just dive in there and you're like, Whew, I feel refreshed. Just thirty seconds. You're not going to blunt yeah. any adaptations with thirty seconds of cold water, right. but you feel like, oh, yeah, that was an awful sprint horrible burpee thruster workout and 
I kind of just forgot about it, you know, 30 seconds in the cold water. So I'm able to now recover much better and, and get to the next workout. So there's a, a interesting special that's been run on National Geographic over the last year on um, longevity. This the um, I'm blanking on the actor who plays Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it? I know what you're talking Chris about. Hemsworth, right? Yeah, Chris Hemsworth is great special. He he does mm-hmm. therapy, and it's just it, as one of the um, one of the sessions or one of the videos. And there's a, a lady in there who talks about her issues with chronic pain, and mm-hmm. she tried everything she could. Um, and when she got into cold water as a last ditch effort to control her chronic pain or rather her response to chronic pain, she cr- started crying because for the first time mm-hmm. those spinal thalamic tracks were interrupted and all she could deal with was with the cold and, and the pain was gone. And yeah. um, the more she used it, the better off she got off of whatever, you know, narcotics or opiates or drug regimen she was on and started using cold therapy. Do you mm-hmm. see that in your practice at all for pain? I or, do. Or, or um, does, we don't, deal with a lot of chronic pain patients in my practice per se, but there is a definite blunting effect to, to pain like, you know, shoulder injuries, knee injuries. That's one of the, I used it heavily when I tore my meniscus and Ah. struggling with that. It just felt great in the cold water and it felt great for hours afterwards. And I wasn't icing my knee. I was getting cold water completely. Wow. Um, but I would do some of my, what do we call terminal knee extensions? I would do them underwater for a minute or two. Um, yeah, there's another good one on Netflix about an underwater, um, cold diver. Um, so they cut huh. holes in the ice and they're underwater. How long can you hold your breath? But well, she was water. one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was, was, maybe it was the yeah. same one. Maybe they briefly yeah. mentioned her, but same thing. Yeah. Just really chronic pain. Um, who just really fell in love with it. There's a certain subset of patients that just seem to be drawn to the cold. Yeah. And well, I think due to their positive response. It sounds like we all should be trying this out. I mean, yeah, I think it's trying. a great thing. And if nothing else, you just get to try something hard and, and, and it's like a great cup of coffee. If that's all you did about it, take a cold shower in the morning and you felt better when you got to work, super easy, cheap, free. Why not? Try yeah. It? Why not try it? Yeah. All right, man. Uh, well, it's been fun as always. I appreciate yes, it. I'm going to go get in the, I'm going to go take a cold shower. Gonna <laughs> we're going to do it. Well, I, I was, we were talking, it's funny cause we're going to, I think we should come up there. I'm going to be up there in a, in a month or so. And we're going to put you through some cold right. water Let's exposure. Yeah. Hey everybody. If you want to we'll see video it, it. Real, yeah, live, just going to brutalize we'll Jason be dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it will be dramatic. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, we got to, let's, um, well, I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have that, and we'll get Nick and uh, producer Nick, and we'll um, we'll get that footage out. Maybe we'll guys. throw Nick in there too. Hi, <laughs> Nick. Come on, buddy. Hey, if I'm doing it, you got to do it, buddy. Now that would be that would be cool. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he's ever done anything like that before. He said he just grew up in Chicago. That was all. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Until next time, man. It's good right, seeing Doc. you. Good. Good seeing right. you. Bye. See ya.